What's up, everybody? Welcome back to this week's episode. I'm Jay. And this is Hayden. And together, we are the Robinsons, and you're listening to the Meet the Robs podcast. What is up, everyone? Uh, Today, I got a good friend of mine in the studio with me. We got him. uh, His name's Chance, a.k.a. Chance in the Dark. How you doing, bro? Doing good. Feeling good. Right now, well, we don't really have a topic we're going to talk about, so we're going <coughs> to figure it out as we go. So, Chance, talk. Um, just give us some information of how we met. I, I'm trying to remember. We met a long, long time ago, like almost in our like infantile stage. Yeah. How old were you? Like 13? <laughs> you, were, you were literally 13 years old. No, I was not. You had to have been. I was not 13. 13. I was like 15 Maybe. or 16. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why, but you always looked like you're 18. Yeah, um, yeah. We met yeah. in like what 2012, something like that. 12 or 13. Dang, that was a I long. I definitely had just graduated high school. When did you graduate high school? 2012. 2012. Okay, yeah. So, so maybe like okay. 2012, 2013. Okay. Um, Dang. But a yeah, minute. Prospect Threads. Prospect, Prospect Threads. Threads, crazy. That's Damn. a whole story. Yeah. How do you how did you get into that? Let's talk about that. What was give us a snippet on what Prospect Threads was. Prospect Hello. Prospect <laughs> Threads was um a company our buddy Tanner Marvel started. Mhm. And yeah, it was kind of like a positive like streetwear brand, mm-hmm. like super big emphasis on giving back to the um the poor mm-hmm. and like homeless mm-hmm. community. So their tagline was like hope for the hopeless. Mm. Um, so they're just really big about hope and wanted to like mix that with streetwear culture mm-hmm. and skating yeah. and just lifestyle stuff. Yeah. And why did that message resonate with you at the time? Like, cause you had just ha- graduated high school. You could have been doing a lot of other things, but you decided to get involved with this clothing brand prospect threads. What was the initial, um, you know, pull? Yeah. I, I think around that time was, kind of when I had my own personal spiritual awakening Mm -hmm. um, right after high school. And I started being like super vocal about that Mm -hmm. experience, like on Facebook and me and Tanner had like kept in touch. And um, I knew what he was about. Like we've had prior conversations about like faith and Mm -hmm. all that stuff. Yeah. And then he started seeing, I think like some of the stuff I was putting out and just like where I was and, um, Mm -hmm the person he knew wasn't necessarily like that. Yeah. And so we started reconnecting and like hanging out a little bit. And he's like, dude. And I was skating a lot at the time. Yeah. Like, dude, like we should hang out and like I have this clothing brand. Like we should just kick it and Mm -hmm. like, I'll give you a couple sweatshirts or whatever. It started Mm -hmm. like super mellow. Yeah. And then, yeah, we just kind of started building our friendship Mm -hmm. and then, um, yeah, it kind of just went from there. Then we just started going on like, trips together and right yeah, doing like homeless work. And and what, at what time, what, did I, I don't know specifically when I got there, but what, did I get there in the beginning as well? Or were, was I there like a little later? And because I remember when I first met you, you were, you were like, your eyes were like glowing. You're like, yeah, dude, I just accepted Jesus. And I've like yeah. stopped smoking weed for a week. And I was yeah. like. Yo, that's dope. For a week. I was like, yo, that's sick. Um, <laughs> but there was something like about you at that time that was like, you know, you couldn't really articulate. You know, you just had this like light about you. So what was the timing, the time frame? Like how long were you in prospect before like I showed up and then we we met? 
Um, dude, honestly, not not long at all. Like I still felt kind of, you know, out of place. Um, yeah, I mean, I f- out of place, like in clothing, skating, or just church, even or what? even around that scene. Like I, I just like come like from like a different background, not a different background, but mm-hmm. I guess just like being around Tanner and and doing this was like different and we weren't that close yet either Mm. and so like i was hanging out with him it's a new friendship that we're building and then like whoever he was running with like nick rodriguez (laughs) yeah um whoever he was with at the time and i remember he he invited me over was it his house uh i think it was i think i think so somebody's someone's someone's garage i don't know yeah he was shooting one of his uh his drops and i pulled up just with my board and um like skated over to the garage and you were in there like mm-hmm. like modeling his clothes <laughs> and like looking all sexy and I was just like ah oh, dang dude and I kind of like skated to the corner and <laughs> and then we had met a little bit after yeah. that. I think I think it's always interesting how I think I was I forget who I was telling this to but how friends of friends become like your brothers you know because I feel like that was like I didn't really know Tanner that well either. Um, but like we connected through that same vision of like hope for the hopeless. I was really involved in like trying to, um, not only be a better person for myself, but be a better person in my community. And I think his vision like was exactly what I needed at the time. And I think a lot of, for a lot of people, like I remember a lot of people like, yo dude, this is sick. And it was just like a bunch of goons, man. It was a bunch of crazy kids that needed that, you know? And Mm -hmm. I felt like that's why it resonated with so many people. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like when we got introduced, I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Chance. But then like slowly I realized like, okay, this guy's, this guy's different. And not only like the light that you had at that moment where you, cause you were like, Oh, I accepted Jesus. Like I knew at that moment it was something different, you know, it was yeah. like something that would have would last a lifetime for yeah, you. Yeah. It know? was super real for me so, at that moment. And that was, so how did you get to that point? So like, give us a little backstory of like where you were, how you accepted Jesus and then just like, where I come from. Yeah. Just like how, how that pro- progressed and everything. Um, well, the big story is I grew up in, um, a Christian family, Mm -hmm. you know, mom and dad of faith who consider themselves Christians. And I have an older brother, Tanner, younger sister named Carly. Mm -hmm. And we just grew up in this tight knit family. We knew Jesus was Lord. Like that's Mm -hmm. what was told to us. And, um, we would pray to Jesus every night before we went to bed. Um, and literally like every night like it we did not miss a night and if we went to sleep before my parents Mm. were like home or they were out somewhere without fail they would knock on the door like sometimes i would kind of fake asleep (laughs) they'd peek in and see and they'd walk over and like pray like the prayer over Mm. me um real quick pause how was that like growing up like pretending to be asleep and hearing your parents or your mom or your dad like pray over you or pray for you like what was that like it was so comforting yeah like no matter what i could like and sometimes I probably was asleep. There was probably countless nights I was asleep mm. and they came in and still prayed for me. But mm. it was this kind of like this reconnecting mm. thing every single night. Um, and so that was cool. And it was a very simple prayer, mm-hmm. you know, just like praying for our family and for others. And mm-hmm. um, But that's kind of as far as, as it went. Mm-hmm. And I definitely saw the attributes like reflected in my, in the character of my parents and mm-hmm stuff like that, but we weren't regularly attending church or anything, um, off and on in season. So mm-hmm. anyways, grew up really good family and then, um, just got into some craziness at a young age, 
started skating, getting around the skate culture, kids around the block. And then, you know, having an older brother, like we're always getting into stuff. Of course. <laughs> and then you, you go into high school. We continued getting into stuff together. Mm. And so it just got, it was like really all for the thrills for me and my brother. Like mm. we were always like chasing the thrill and like I was kind of following his lead and mm. um, basically just started, um, I don't know, just doing whatever we wanted, mm. lying a lot, like partying a lot, um, experimenting with drugs, yeah. drinking a lot. And um, that culminated for years. Yeah. And then... Um, was there ever a moment in like your partying, your drinking, your drug use or whatever that you felt like this is where I thrive or was it more of like a, this is where I could die or was it, this is where I thrive. Really? Okay. For sure. I, I mean, it, it, I don't know. Like it felt so fun yeah. being and good being like an influence, like in that scene. Mm. because like I always had like an older brother and older friends. And mm. so like, I would like bring that in and like kind of like be the life in a life of the party in a yeah. sense. And like probably be the bad influence a lot of times. Um, but it did at the time in my consciousness at that moment, it mm -hmm. definitely felt like thriving. Yeah. But there was mo a lot of moments like where I felt empty, mm. but not long enough to like change mm. just like, these like little like yeah. glimpses of like loneliness or like emptiness. Yeah. But yeah, just kept doing, doing my thing. And, um, it really took, you know, um, just like starting to struggle as far as my, my family's business started to struggle. And then everything kind of just like hit for our family at once as far as like struggle went. Yeah. We had it pretty good our whole lives, and then 2012 hit, and we lost. Basically, like had to shut down our restaurant. Mm. Uh, we had to sell, or we actually got evicted from our home. Wow. Um, and then what? What did that feel like being like? Cause, uh, from what I've imagined, because like when we would talk, you'd say, "Oh, like you haven't seen my whatever house." I forget what you would call it, but. Um, what was that Crestview house? Yeah. Like, what was that experience like for you being like, yo, this house that was mine is no longer mine and I can't even call it mine. What was that like for you? As a, How old were you at that time? I was, had to be like 17. Okay. 17. It was, so I lived in two houses growing up. That was my second. I moved there when I was in third grade. Mm -hmm. So it was like, that was our house. We grew up there. Yeah. Um, so losing that definitely was weird, hmm. like losing everything. Like we grew up in the restaurant business. I was born into my parents' restaurant and that was a part of our lives and we'd bring friends and we'd eat there. And it was yeah. just like always this like kind of place where we would meet up and same with our house. And then, um, yeah, losing it. I think like at the time I was moving so fast, I didn't mm. even really realize it. Like what was happening. I was kind of mm. just like numb to it. Yeah, totally. Um, but there was this one moment that I remember that I think was the most obvious seed of faith, like coming to the surface oh, Okay, um, is when the U-Haul trucks were outside of the house and 
um, I, so my brother went to, was going to live with a friend in LA Mm -hmm. and I was going to go to live with my friend Bill. Mm. And before we left or before I left to go live with Bill, we were like cleaning at the house and like putting stuff into boxes, throwing things away. And uh, my mom like took us outside the front door. I don't know if I've told you this story, but she took us outside the front door, me and my brother, and just started crying. Mm. And all she could really say in that moment was how much God loves us and that we're going to be okay. Mm. But like there was this sense in her that was like, you need to know Mm. how much God loves you. And almost for her, it was that as well. For It was just as much for you guys as it was for her in the moment. Yes, yeah. totally. And Yeah, I think so. Like, I think she had been already, like before this happened, like starting to go deeper with God mm. a little bit because she had been praying. My dad always makes jokes about this, but she had been praying prior to God. Like her prayer was, um, break me down to build me up. Mm. So there was this sense of emptiness I think my mom was feeling amidst the lavishness or yeah. the everything yeah and my dad always makes jokes about like hun like did you, you really have to pray that prayer yeah, like you did this to us. you <laughs> did this to us like god listened to you um but i think she was like soul searching at that time too so when she said those words mm, they like, were so powerful and she was crying and i i'm pretty sure all of us just started crying yeah and like got hit with this just this sober like true feeling and it was so real that like it was scary and, and i you remember had to like run away i like, totally ran away ooh, from it okay. like that moment happened i felt it i felt the trueness of it mm. and then i got my friend's car and it was gone we were gone yeah it's like you see the face of the lord and you cower away because yeah. it's so bright and it's like oh this majestic feeling like i've never felt that like drugs can't give me this feeling drinking can't give me this feeling but how how lasting is this feeling because i can get it from other things too right and it's like easy to i feel that that i've, I've definitely had moments in my life that had that happen so yeah. once you left uh to left then what like then what happened like so once i lived you hung with my buddy good. bill for like four or five months mm-hmm. maybe even longer um and then yeah just kind of like Shit, hood rat things with my friends, yeah. like in in the hood of Coda de Casa, <laughs> in the ghetto <laughs> of Coda, no, in his mansion. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, just lived there and like just did whatever we wanted. Like it was bad, and um, but it was a good time. Like we we had so much fun together, and yeah. um, his family blessed me like insanely, mm-hmm. um, just so welcoming, so accepting of me in that time, and just helping me out any way they could. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like started like selling weed while I was there because mm. I didn't have any money and, um, you know, just running around doing that. And I remember just like, I think like six months later, just waking up in a f- another fog, like another sense of loneliness, mm. another sense of emptiness and not even like being able to like remember the past six months of my life. Yeah. It all just felt like a blur. And, um. I think at that time too, a lot of my relationships were kind of like breaking or broken, mm. uh, especially the relationship I had with Shelby at the time. 
Which is who? Who's Shelby? My wife now. Oh. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, I forget we're like talking to an audience. Yeah, yeah. They may not know me. It's okay. Um. So. Because I was smoking a lot of weed, and because I was like living this kind of this other life that I kind of kept hidden from her, mm. it was really affecting our relationship. And um, you know, being shady, not responding, getting back hours later, maybe mm. even a day later, and like Dang. we were just like hanging on by a thread and I remember just kind of feeling convicted mm. which is really good like yeah. conviction is like the biggest blessing mm. like when you can feel this like godly remorse in your soul for for something that you've been doing and like you actually want to make a change mm. like that is the the most precious place to be in and that's where I was at in that moment wow amazing and I just wanted to come clean yeah. Like, did you, have you ever had moments in your life where like you literally was <laughs> like, I just want to come clean yeah. on everything. Yeah, absolutely. Plenty, plenty of things. I, yeah, absolutely. Like, like almost like furiously, like yeah. it's the most liberating thing. Like I'm telling the truth, no matter the cost, hmm. everything's coming out. And I know what? you can relate with me right now. Oh, hundred percent. Um, and that's what it was. It was like, truth is coming out. I'm not hiding anymore. Shelby's going to know who I am. My parents are going to know who I am. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. I was, I was going to add real quick. I, th I forget. I, I feel like every time I have conversations with people, it comes back up in like a, an episode like this. But uh, I was talking to a friend about how when you are completely honest and completely, completely vulnerable and true to like everyone around you, there's no one can hold anything against you now. Mm. So like you can it's tell, so freeing. you tell, everyone everything and now they can no longer hey if remember if you do me wrong i can expose this about you it's like well cool go ahead everyone knows it already i'm not like, hiding exactly it. and that's like the most freeing thing that i've experienced and that <sighs> you've experienced where you're like whoa like no one has anything over me and it's only me if i hold it back yep. you know and that's that so that was just like a little point that i was like i've had that conversation like yesterday or something i think yeah with my friend hunter really i was like the more vulnerable the more real and honest you are no one can hold nothing against you that it doesn't matter what they try to do because everyone knows it. So, mm. so, so liberating. you just expose everything. You let everyone know who you were. And then from there, what, what happened? Yeah. So from there, I remember just like, I didn't really have the language of like repentance or anything like that, but I just knew that I was done living in the dark mm. and I wanted to bring things to the light. And so I, I called my parents. Um, and like, I knew it was like time for me to like probably leave my friend's house mm -hmm. and um, called my parents. I was like, Hey, can we meet up? Like, can we get some food? Like I miss you guys. I want to talk to you. And it really was, it, it wasn't like, it was pretty straight to the point too. Like it wasn't like, Hey, let's hang out. Mm. Like, and then maybe like, I'll, like I'll say a few things. Say something. Yeah. Like the whole reason I was getting together was to tell my parents everything I've been doing. And when you were hanging out or when you were living with your friend Bill, had you seen them at all at that point? Like for six months you no. didn't see them? Really? Six months you didn't see your parents at all? <laughs> Very few times. Okay. Very few times. Right. So when I met up with them, I just I just came clean and was like, hey, look, like this is what I've been doing. Um, and they were just – I realized like as a kid – and even as I get older, like we think, like it's one thing if you get caught by your parents doing something mm. like that. Yeah. You should be afraid of that. Yeah. But when you come clean about something you did, 
mm-hmm. or you're doing to your parents as, as a young kid, they are going to surround you in so much love. Mm-hmm. Like when you willfully tell them your like your crime or whatever, or mm-hmm. like your thing, like what parent doesn't want their kid to come to them with that? Yeah. You know what I mean? And like s- somewhere in our, in my thinking was like, I could never tell them. Yeah. But like with the moment I did, they just surrounded me in like love and acceptance and help and support. And we're like, what can we do? How can we help you? And I remember my mom like helped me so much in that time. Like I got started, I got a real job as a server at a restaurant. She bought me pay less shoes and like <laughs> took me around and like I'm 18, but I still feel like a kid. Yeah. <laughs> and so she's like, they're just helping me out. And honestly it was, that was the start of me um, exposing myself yeah. and like letting the light shine in me. Mm. And, and there's, there's so many other seeds. Yeah that happened because even after that I had fallen back. I remember a couple months into that, like being so on fire and like blah, blah, blah. And, um, I remember I started like going back into like my old ways. Mm-hmm. And, and at this point, had you accepted Jesus yet or no? I don't even, I don't even remember. But I don't, you just kind I don't of fell think back so, into but it. I think like I, I had been having a lot of conversations about Jesus with my aunt. Mm hmm she would always tell me about this personal relationship that I, that I have with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Now it's so personal. It's so real. Like, Mm -hmm. and, um, so I think I was just experiencing it through like conversations Mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I remember like kind of like knowing that I was like going back into things Mm -hmm. and like hearing people close to me, like talk about it. Like, Oh, I think he's like falling (laughs) back. Like, I don't know what's happening to you. Like you're doing this, you're doing that. But not like directly saying it to you. Not really. But yeah. And so like it was, it was up and down for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, man, there's so much to the story, but Jesus just got a hold of my heart. And what, at what point, like what made that, that time or like what made you, accept Jesus or made Jesus so appealing to you at the time where you're saying there's nothing else for me. I need this right now. What was like, explain that. Moment. I don't know. It's a mystery. Really? It, it really is like it's just God's grace. Just wooing you. Yes. But through the person of Jesus, like mm-hmm. I remember my friend started inviting me to this church called sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And, um, man, it was this church that anybody would feel comfortable going to. Yeah. Like anybody, it doesn't matter what you look like, who you are, what you did that day. Like, I know every church says that, Yeah, that you're welcome, yeah. but like this place l- really welcomed everybody. Well, well I, I I went there plenty of times. I mean, cause I, I remember yeah. we would definitely, yeah, you were totally there. we were, you know, at that point we were really getting into mm-hmm. friendship and I remember like you were still having questions. I mean, I grew up in the church my whole life, so I've like, no, yeah. I know all the answers and everything, but it didn't nope. penetrate my heart. You and Tanner Marvel, dude, yeah. I would ask like such innocent questions. Too. Yeah. And I'm like, are you serious? You don't know? Like, come on. Bro. But it was, no and idea. that was the thing that was the difference. And what I've learned from you is <clears throat> I can have it all in my head, but what you, t- you taught me in a lot of ways is like the intrigue of like, no, I want to know because I want to believe it. Not because I know the right answer, you know? Um, a hard encounter. Exactly. And I remember going to that church and was like, <laughs> I grew up in a church that was very, don't do this, don't do that. If you want to ask these questions or want to know why certain things are God says to do, you can't really ask because it just says in the Bible, you know, but this church was like, people were 
you know, cussing, people were smoking. I'm like, whoa, what the heck? And like coming from this like cookie right. cutter. Their behavior tr- didn't, didn't match ma- up. Exactly. But it didn't matter about that because people were like, oh yeah, dude, I love Jesus. And like that kind of was the beginning process for me of like breaking down religion of like, wow. wait, what is Jesus all about? Cause I believe in Jesus. Right. I believe he died. He rose from the dead. And now if we believe in him. We'll have eternal life. But I didn't, the, the, the personal relationship that your aunt was talking about, mm. I didn't really have that because I just knew all the answers. I went to Sunday school and when I got around these people, it wasn't about fitting in that mold. It was about this is my life and this is truly who I am. And Jesus still loves me. And I'm, I'm coming to terms with, wow, Jesus still loves me with my drug addiction, with my alcoholism, with my, uh, you know, my addiction to weed, my addiction to pornography, all of this stuff. And he still loves me. Huh? And like, for me, I was like, that's that can't be right you gotta be you gotta look good to accept that and that was the thing that like really was like i never really thought about how that or even heard you talk about how that church affected you yeah it was like your paradigm at that time yeah it was real well because I, I mean that was the moment too i believe and i think when shout we, out to bz too oh yeah shout out to shout BZ. Out to bz i and all I, the crew yeah when we when we first i th- i think the the timing of when we met was like really divine you know because not you were like on fire and you're like yeah dude i accepted jesus and i was like yeah dude i've known jesus since i was like an infant sick cool bro you know like and like i remember thinking that you you smoking weed or not smoking weed for a week was pathetic because i was like dude you a week i that's think something i was still smoking weed at the time i don't know the, fir- the first thing you said to me the, oh, or one it? of the first things you said to me was like yeah dude i just accepted jesus and i'm like i haven't smoked weed in a week yeah and i'm like good for you pal like i just i thought it was a joke i was like this guy okay a week that's something to celebrate and like i had this complete view of religion and was totally not willing to celebrate your victory because a day would have been a victory for you an hour would have you know whatever it may be but i wasn't willing to celebrate in that because i had i was in this bubble of religion that that it was all about the works it was all about the good the good deeds about doing the right thing looking good and, and especially being a pastor's kid, it was even worse because the magnifying glass on you. Oh, you did that. Oh, this is Harry's son. Oh, yeah, whole and, another like, dynamic. and I'm like, I can't keep up with the Joneses like this. This is tearing me apart. And then, so when I went to sanctuary, it was so that refreshing. was when you kind of like kind of branched off from my parents. From your yeah. Parents so when, like, yeah, around yeah. like 15, 16, I was like, <laughs> your dad was probably like, who the heck are you hanging out with? Yeah. But it, I who mean, are you around my dad him? talks about you all the time though. So he loves you. He, That's so, cool. um, but yeah, so like that was the, the, the beginning that's why i say our relationship was like mm-hmm. at the perfect time because you had this in, this childlike innocence to your faith that god and jesus wants you to have that yeah. says be like a child yeah believe you know well, so so my aunt the same do you say aunt or aunt i usually i would say aunt because i'm <laughs> aunt. <laughs> i'm just that's how I, I never I, feel peace about saying aunt really but like that's what i've always said i don't know weird but anyways my aunt tacy <laughs> She gave me this book called Jesus is Greater Than Religion. Mm. Have you heard of that? Uh, Jefferson Bethke? I don't think so. You've definitely heard something on Jefferson Bethke. He did a lot of like spoken word poetry. Okay. He did Jesus is Greater Than Religion, this big poem that blew up. He wrote a book on it. So it was that book Mm -hmm. mixed with reading the New Testament like a freaking five-year-old kid Mm. mixed with you and these certain people that God put around my life mm. mixed with the family I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then a big part of it was my buddy Max, who is actually the person who invited me to Sanctuary, mm. who got me there. Wow. And I remember it was when I had had like a spiritual high and I'd fallen back even like deeper. Mm. And then around that same time, me and, my, me and Shelby broke up. Mm. And then Max started like reaching out to me a lot. And I would hang out with Max. And um, he's always been like a sober kid, but like he had been around the church group, mm-hmm. the youth group, and like hit all these people. Yeah. Um, and loved Jesus. And so I started hanging out with Max and going on like hikes and doing this like all these different activities, completely mm-hmm. sober. Mm-hmm. And having so much fun. Mm -hmm. So Max kind of showed me, oh yeah, you can have fun without drugs and alcohol. Mm. And for a long time, that was non-existent in Mm. my life. If I went to a football game in high school. Drunk. Drunk. (laughs) Basketball game, drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like mainly just drunk. Like I drank a lot. Like every, like it wasn't fun enough Mm. if I wasn't drunk or high. Do you, do you think the reason why you wanted to get drunk and high was because of the people you were around that you needed to be that way around those people because when you were with max it's like he doesn't need this so maybe i don't too and it kind of i don't know bro Hmm. i mean i definitely like those same types of kids gravitated like we all gravitated towards each other so like yeah we're all into that but honestly like for me yes it it was probably a confidence thing a little bit Mm the drunk like you don't care yeah you know you're confident like whatever but it was more so like the thrill of it all Mm. like it was so thrilling like going to get alcohol doing what you're not supposed to do Mm. like being with your friends just being crazy like there there was just the thrill captured me Mm. and um and that started in high school my first day of freshman year i showed up to school drunk Crazy. First day of freshman year. Had How, never 14? been on the campus. Four, 15. Four, I was 15, 15. years old. Dang. Had never been on the campus. Had only been drunk like three times before that. Wow. Um, I know we're already at 30 minutes. No, keep going, dude. We um, got time. Had never, had probably been drunk like three or four times before that. <laughs> and, you know, my brother was getting drunk his first day of junior year. He had already been drinking, so like he could like hang a little bit like he had this <laughs> freshman idea. coming in Whoa, hey, so i was like oh dude i gotta do it i gotta do it he wouldn't give me any of his alcohol that's funny so like a good brother should. like a good Get brother yeah he'll tell me the stories but like he's not like giving me the yeah. stuff so i was like oh shoot like what am i gonna do that's funny. i set my alarm for three in the morning <laughs> run downstairs tippy toe downstairs go to my parents bar fill up a half a water bottle of vodka Dang. go to sleep Fast forward, we're walking through the parking lot on the first day of school. My brother pulls it this out of his like belt. This is like a movie. <laughs> pulls it out of his belt or his uh, waistband, looks at me and kind of grins. <laughs> the brother, swag you probably thought you had. Brother, just, just walking with such a step, pull mine out, look at him, and he just, like his face, you I'll never idiot. forget his face. He's like, he's like, dude, like you better drink that like it's water. That is like, no chaser. You, you understand, like you can get really rolled by doing this. That's kind of like that older brother thing. So anyways, it was, I'm not, I'm not saying you can't, but just don't get caught. <laughs> yeah. He's like, dude, you be smart. Yeah. And then what went his own way. That's funny. And, um, anyway, so that's how high school started. So everything had to be like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, fast forward to max. Mm-hmm. He, uh, 
you could realize you could have fun without. Yeah, he was showing me a different side of life that I hadn't experienced in a long time. And Mm -hmm. we grew up best friends, but we kind of went our different ways in high school and Mm -hmm. surrounded ourselves with different people. And uh, during the time that I was hanging out with him, I was like hanging out with him, but also in that other lifestyle. Mm -hmm. He started inviting me to sanctuary. Mm -hmm. I would go, feel like, feel something real. Mm -hmm. And then like, duck like curve him for like four weeks (laughs) and like he couldn't get a hold of me and then i would finally pick up and be like dude like blah blah blah. so there was something he said to me though that i'll never forget and it shaped i think i think it was really powerful in in my story Mm. i smoked weed i cussed i did all those things you're not supposed to do blah blah blah. and he looked at me he's like dude i'm not and god's not asking you to do to stop doing anything Mm. and I tell everyone this God's not asking you to stop doing anything just seek Jesus Mm. he's like Chance you can cuss around me you can smoke around me I don't care what you do seek Jesus Mm. and there was a confidence in that statement because he knew the mystery of Christ Mm. He knew mm. that when it doesn't matter what my life looks like, if I start to seek Jesus, mm. the on. spirit of God is about to wreck my life. And that's exactly what happened. Crazy. And I remember he told me, he's like, dude, just come to church with me. I have the chills talking about that. It's the spirit of God. He's like, dude, just come to church. Like be consistent. Like even when you, he's like, the. he's like, even when you f- don't feel like going the most, that's, those are the most important times to come. So I just started going mm. and I got there and people are like you said, like just hoodlums outside their behavior didn't match the, the, the gospel, thing, the gospel, or... but that's the call of God. Mm. He's not asking for you to change your behavior before you come to him. And I think something that I realized too, um, a lot of the messages were about the people Jesus surrounded himself exactly. with that were terrible, not terrible, but like didn't match the Pharisees. Like, view of what a good person would do and it's like i was the pharisee i was the one that's like oh i'm high and mighty i know all this stuff but it's like when they taught when they they're like oh these people are actually in love with jesus and love to be around each other and love to hear about jesus but i'm over here sitting like these people Mm -hmm. you know it was like this weird thing because when i look or when i hear you know scripture or i listen to sermons it's like oh jesus didn't surround himself with the kings he didn't surround himself with the the leaders or the the, the intel, intellectual people he hung around hoodlums people that didn't want ragamuffins didn't want to be that weren't a part of society and it's like whoa that is that's what jesus was here for he he, he totally was trying to say you think i'm here to establish a, a kingdom where i get these i got the gold i got yeah, the yeah. robes but no i'm here to, i'm here to be a servant mm. and by what you're saying is like the more you seek him everything the scales start to fall off your life and christ christ is a mystery like you you can't really articulate the transformation that happens in christ Mm. like when i because all i did i didn't change anything and really i didn't even like yeah i started to pray and i started to like open up this this book the bible Mm -hmm. that my aunt also gave me Mm -hmm. tacy apologetics version (laughs) and i believed that this book, because she told me that this book was alive, mm. that it would encounter me, mm. that it would That's read good. me, that it, that it would 
speak that God would speak to me through it. And so I was just a little kid reading that. And then I was just a little kid, a little baby going to these church gatherings and hearing stories, mm. not about what these people think I should change about my life, do. No, no, no. All they were doing was telling stories about Jesus and his in- interactions with people. with people. Real people. Real people mm. in a real time, in a real place. Mm. And all I would do was listen to those stories. But you can't help but um, identify yourself in those stories. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And when you when you hear about the grace that he gives the girl at the, mm. the well, that prostitute, mm. and you hear like you hear this moment, you feel it in your soul, and mm. it's like he's extending that to you in the ex- in whatever context of life you're in and whatever sin you're in and whatever confusion and hurt and brokenness you're in. Yeah. And so again, my buddy Max takes it a step further and buys a houseboats trip ticket for me. And it's basically with this church, get two huge houseboats, go out to Lake Mead, spend time with each other and God under the stars. Mm. And I remember being under the stars one night and just like, it was a culmination. I'd already been baptized once. I skipped mm. over and, and fallen back, mm. baptized at Saddleback Church. But in this moment, I don't, I didn't get baptized, but I got like raptured by God. Like <laughs> I was on the boat looking up to the stars and just, I feel so tiny. Mm. And this church had a really good way of making you feel worthless <laughs> but Boop. so worthy at the yeah. same time yeah yeah you know like it was like the undeserved love of god mm. was so present in that church like look like you don't you don't deserve it you're not good enough sorry you're not that cool yeah like god loves you despite your wickedness mm. and so i just felt like him single me out on that boat and feel so small and feel so insignificant. And I, it's it's just like, it's hard to put words to it, but then I felt so seen at the same time. Mm. And so called out, mm. like, chance, like, you are here to be a light. Yeah, You are on this earth to shine and to, and to you know, live with me. Yeah, totally. And, um... Isn't it? It's, I think it's just crazy how, like... I don't talk about this enough. It feels so good. Yeah, I, I, it's, and the reality of that happening that night, you can see evidence of it now. You know, it started off as a seed, or it started as off as a feeling, or it started off as an idea, mm-hmm. and now, fast forward twenty twenty, it's like, whoa, that actually has real good consequences for the choice you made. Yep. Not only is your relationship more healthy, not only is your family more healthy. Oh. And it's like, we can get into that. It's like so many details of, it's, of it. And that's like the, the, what I'm, what I say about like the grace of God, you know, when, when you, you understand you don't deserve anything and you just seek him slowly, but surely you understand what it means to be conformed to his image. Yeah. And yeah, there's maybe times you backslide or you do the things you say you don't want to do, but when you condemn yourself and make yourself and you do it, that's where it gets worse because now you're the one holding record of wrong. And Jesus is saying, no, just, just come back to me, come back to me. It's okay. And I always, and my, my dad always tells me this or shows me this picture and I always share it with 
people in my life because you you don't like if just say if you have a son or a daughter and they're trying to walk to you you know there's this painting that my dad has it's uh, is this this father and the son the son's trying to walk to this father and he has his he's kneeled down his arms are open and he's gesturing like come here like come on you can do it walk to me imagine i mean the baby is trying to walk imagine it falling and the dad like kicking dirt in his face are you serious you can't walk what a disgrace you are i can't even believe you no any father would say okay my son my daughter fell i'm gonna pick him back up all right come on come back to me come on you can do it they may take one step forward they may kind of get their balance take a step back every time they fall the father is picking them back up saying come on come back to me and then the kid may get distracted turn around and walk the other way no hey come here come here come on and it's like that's the grace of god he, he's not going to spit in your face he's not going to kick dirt in your face he's going to constantly remind you of where never his, turn away where his embrace is come on it's okay hey you fell it's okay and if you do fall and you cry who's the first one to pick you up the father and like that's the picture that i always try to paint with myself and with people around me when they're struggling with their sin um or they're struggling with things they say they don't want to do it's like god is not you are the one holding yourself away from god god's not doing that you know and that's like i have to and even now as i'm saying this that's a reminder to me like oh sometimes i'm really too hard on myself you know and, and i'm sure at, at moments when you were experiencing god you you had that you had that challenge yeah. you know of like dang i'm i'm being too hard on myself god's not being hard on me i'm the one holding myself back mm-hmm. and i think that's just beautiful about the grace of god and how your life has changed because you just kept seeking him you know yeah. it's amazing i there's a definition of grace that i really like that i've that i heard a few years ago but it's that the grace of god empowers you to walk in the truth that he's calling you to Mm. it empowers you to walk in the truth that he that you couldn't do alone Mm -hmm. that you couldn't do without him yeah so like there's these truths that like the behavior that maybe christians feel like you should be operating in Mm -hmm. god does have that calling over your life he wants you to be like jesus yeah but you can't do it without his grace yeah 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 and so the grace empowers you to walk mm-hmm. in that way. And sure enough, as I to take it back to that, to like me seeking Jesus and not mm-hmm. doing anything else, yeah. he began to change me. He began yeah. to change my heart. He began to change my mind. He began to change the way that I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember early on, like reading that, that scripture, um, we are renewed by the, sorry, we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. Mm. Like he got, he started getting a hold of my mind and changing the way that I looked at the world and people and mm. women and mm. my girlfriend and my family, everything mm. changed. And, um, sh- that thing that I couldn't give up smoking weed, doing these things, they just started to become Easy. irrelevant Yeah, compared like, to what I was But you didn't even have to try. No. It's not like, Oh, it, no. Okay. <laughs> I remember there was this there was this moment where this was before all but actually this was in the midst of me seeking Jesus. Mm, okay. Max had been like investing in me. Mm-hmm. Like have you ever like invested in a friend and mm-hmm. then maybe they're in a dark place and like 
you hear the depths of their heart mm. and then you have to witness them do the very things that, that you know are hurting them yeah, yeah, and yeah. that they know are hurting them, yeah, totally. but they fall into that. So Max had to deal with that a lot because <laughs> he would hear my heart and then he would watch me fall. And there was this time where I was like, I'm done smoking weed forever. <laughs> blah, blah. My buddy hits me up. Yeah, you want to eat? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, hey, like I'm outside your house. Like, let's hang out. So I'm like, Max, let's go hang out. Um, with so and so, and we get into his car. I hop in the front seat. Max hops in the back seat. Sure enough, there's a bong in between his legs in the driver's seat. Like he's <laughs> driving with the bong in between his legs. He hands me the bong. Max is in the back seat. Hours and hours of conversations. He's heard my heart on this. Mm-hmm. And I and take a rip. fat rip from the bong. <laughs> and Max it, didn't judge me. Mm, that's so One good. second. Mm. Like, come on, bro. He he might he might have gave me like a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. We're so tight that like it didn't even, I don't, I don't remember it like being, feeling judged by him because mm-hmm. we just know each other so well. But mm-hmm. he just had this way of like, walking with me where i was at but i remember thinking to myself right before that like oh my gosh i just did it oh my gosh like boom (laughs) so even in the path of seeking jesus like you're making mistakes and you're hearing stories and then you're doing the opposite but but over time Mm. god will change your heart Mm. that's what he did to me and then everyone in my life started noticing it totally and that's when it got really real mm. because now people are now being impacted by you. Now people are being impacted by what Jesus has done in my heart. Mm. And that's a cool feeling mm. because now you're walking in purpose. And when you feel like you're walking in purpose, dude, come woo! <laughs> when you feel like you're walking in purpose, uh, something changes. Yeah. You're like, it's an empowered feeling. But even the response you have right there is showing you that it was this, it, it took trial and error and it took, and now when you're experiencing it, it's like you can rejoice and have that moment, get chills and be like, yo, this is still something that I will never forget, you know? Cause I remember, I remember like where you were when we first met and to see you now, it's like the progression you have and the impact you've had not only to me, but to the people around you has been limitless because of you just slowly giving your life to Jesus and seeking him. You know, and that's like, it's amazing. And you're one of the like dopest people I know. You're one of the most amazing, like you're, you're the person that I see when you say something, you mean it. Like you're the, like, I remember probably like, I don't know, a year and a half, two years ago, like everywhere you went, every restaurant, every, any interaction you had with strangers, you looked them in the eyes, you smiled at them and gave them attention and that, and I remember you doing that to me and I was like, whoa, this guy's like looking into my soul, but I know and I, he cares so much for me. And you make everyone feel like that. There was like, you always look at them in the eye and you say, hey, how's it going? Warm, inviting, like you're, it's just, in, it's incredible. Like I felt so taken care of and loved by our friendship because you were, you would listen to me. You would look at me, you'd be like, huh. And you do the same thing. You wouldn't judge me. You wouldn't, you know, but you've done that for countless many people, you know, and that's the purpose that you're talking about. The purpose to prosper of yep. being surrounded by God's grace, you know? Yep. And, and, and it's like, th- thank you for saying that. Yeah, of course. Like, honestly, like 
when you say that and I hear that from you in this moment even, I think about where I'm at right now and I'm like, mm. dang, like, have I gotten a little hard? Mm. Like, I feel and like- We've I, had that conversation <laughs> too. Yeah, like before. I feel like I'm like slowly like closing mm. up to people and like not as warm and a little more standoffish. Mm. I feel that but for me that, too. where I am in the moment, still mm. in the love of God. Yeah. Like- I think I think the thing you're, we're both because we've had a con- those conversations, but I think the thing maybe you're struggling with or I'm struggling with is a new depth of like our faith. Now yeah. it's not now it's not an immature faith of like, okay, like this is amazing. Oh, we're hanging out with our our buddies. We don't really have a bunch of responsibilities, and then we get into this real life where we're you know we're married, we have bills, we got work, yeah. and now we're dealing with <clears> this whole thing, this whole you know virus thing or whatever. It's like there's there's real things that need to happen and. Now our faith is becoming from an adolescent or a child to a mature believer. And it's like this tension of like, okay, I don't want to neglect the childlike faith, but I also want to be mature Mm -hmm. in how I operate in my life. Yeah. So it's like, there's this tension, you know, I think we're both experiencing that. hundred percent. Um, but man, like I can, I can tell you the, the amount of impact that you've had, you know, around the people that I've seen and on me, it's been, it's been incredible to see and watch our, our friendship progress. And I always like, there's always a moment, like, I'm like, yo, I need to have a talk, like a deep talk. Like I would always hit you up, you know, it's like, all right, chance. Cause we could have, we could, we could go for two hours. See that I want to touch on deep talks. Mm -hmm. That was something that I rarely got hanging out with the people I was hanging out with. Mm. And it was something that I, I learned was accessible when I was like going to church, Mm. hanging out with Max, getting around these people that are like, like there was so much space for that. Mm. And dude, the barbecues, the barbecues, (sighs) like, and, but like as young kids, like we don't really want to open up, but Mm -hmm. we do, but like, we don't know how we don't want to be judged. We don't want to be judged, but like. The moment that I started having people to really talk about or talk about life with Mm -hmm. what I'm struggling with, what I'm going through, that was also a huge part of my, and it's not even, you need an answer. You just need to say it. You just, this is what I'm going through. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yep. And it's like, you just get to process it all, you know? Yep. And that's so community, huge aspect of, of that transformation. Um, damn, there's so much more we could get into, man. Like, it's just, it's just, yeah. Well, I don't even know how we got, I, we started with something and then we took it back to my story. Then I forgot where I was, where we were going, but whatever. It's it just, just how you began <laughs> to seek Jesus and like slow, like you started smoking weed, you started doing that. And then yeah. slowly you started, you, you changed just because you didn't change. God changed you. You were just seeking Jesus and the people you s- began to surround yourself with slowly became more beneficial to you and the people that weren't knew right. that the, the type of lifestyle that you were living didn't mesh with theirs. So they kind of fell off, you yeah. know? So, and I think that was the moment where we got into relationship was like, man, yo, like, okay, I'm at a place where I need to really figure out my faith for myself, not my oh. parents. And you're in this place where you're figuring out what this whole Jesus thing means, you know, cause you've heard it. You just haven't understood it. You haven't grown up in the church. So even us, when I was trying to navigate my space and you were navigating your space, we both kind of were missing each other, you know, because we were on two different platforms. But I think we were, we were learning a lot from each other. No, totally. But that's what I'm saying is like, you're, you're coming from a place where there's like, like I came with so many rules, can't do this, can't do this. You're just like, dude, who cares? I'm doing whatever. I'm like, what? You don't like, you're not, 
you don't feel bad about that? And you're like, yeah, kind of. Whatever. But we just had all these, and that's <laughs> where the, those deep conversations came in. Where it's like, I remember dude, you even, ministered to me so much. Kept going. I just okay. remember talking about like you like swearing. I'm like, dude, you don't really need to swear, do you? Like, does, like, what is it? What is it been more beneficial for you? And you're like, yeah. And like slowly, you just started not doing it, or you just stopped doing it around me, and then slowly became around everyone. Well, I had never not done beside it. my parents. Nobody had ever checked me on cussing. Mm. It was like, that was my language. Yeah. Like I started cussing like a sailor at like 12 <laughs> when I wasn't around my parents. Yeah. And so when I got around you, you like started calling me out for it. And Max didn't, he would somewhat call me out on it. But when I got around you, you were like so <laughs> like keen on this idea. And I remember you'd always challenge me mm. on that. And it was so good for me because it helped me like think about it like yeah. wait why am i because there's cussing a for yeah. no reason there's there is a different i mean you there's times where you stub your toe okay that's an exception Shit. yeah that's an <laughs> exception okay what oh yeah you stub your toe that's the yeah. okay but if it's like you're it's if it's a filler word it's like okay let's let's just figure out a different word you can use to articulate your feelings or actually pause and say this is how i'm feeling right now and i think i need to do a better job at that in that you yeah know? but that was the the conversation that we had like what do you like why do you want to do that and i and i wasn't judging you because i remember you would tell me like yeah dude, i don't want to stop cussing i'm like then stop <laughs> like i'm here why do you it's why'd just you say so that? habitual at that point yeah totally like you have to be so mindful mm, totally to to like stop things like that, that you've been doing for so it, long yeah there's like yeah man it was so paramount the way we met and when we met and how we met and the way in which our relationship began to take form you know and like where we are now it's i can't wait to see where it goes you know five ten years from now you know because not only are we impacting each other you know and not only are you still that person i'm like okay i need to like talk to someone you know it's imagine that in 10 years you know where we really have this connection and this relationship and friendship where we're almost like brothers you know what i'm saying to a point where I got you, bro. I yep. got your back. And it's just, it's just amazing, man. It's, I, how old I, are you right now? 23. You're 26, five, 25, 26, 26. Okay. Did you just have a birthday? Right. Or no, no. December. I, oh, okay. Yeah. But I'm just tripping out. Cause we've been friends for like eight years. Yeah. But it's like gone by so That's quick. So it's gnarly. crazy. And man, like blessed. Yes. Very blessed. And I'm, I'm super thankful for you. I'm super thankful for, uh, the ways in which you've allowed me to take my faith more seriously and the questions you've asked me, the, the, you know, the, um, the true interest in my life for my life to get better. And I know there's this things I struggled with were different than you, but you made me feel like, okay, whether I think this is, you know, not important as whatever your issue is, like you made me feel like, okay, Hey, he's struggling with something and you know, you're going to, we're going to figure this out and I'm going to be an ear for you, you know? And, um, you're like one of those friends that I can, I can definitely like rely on and count on. Um, and I think you're, you're that person for a lot of people in your life, especially your family, you know? Um, and the, the prophecy that has happened, you know, through you, um, accepting Jesus has, I feel like has come true with like the impact that you've had on your family. Um, so yeah, dude, I'm super, super stoked for what's to come for you and your life and some, maybe, maybe a little bit, some ninos, you know? Definitely some ninos. A lot of ninos. A lot of kids. Crazy. A lot of life. 
So I, I guess I'll, I'll close with this a question to the audience. <laughs> what, what would you say for people that are in the space that you were at when you were, you know, trying to figure out your faith, like, you know, going to parties, smoking, drinking, not really caring about what type of, you know, relationships they're in. Um, what would you say to like get them if they're considering faith? What would you say to them to if they're considering faith in Jesus? Yeah, I'll say it like Max said it: seek Jesus. Mm. Like if you only know one Christian mm. and you think he's real, you you think he's genuine, call him, mm. reach out to him, reach out to me, mm. reach out to J Rob, mm. um, and just. Just spend time around those people. Try mm. to spend more time around those people. And, you know, for me, it was, you know, going to these weekly gatherings mm. where we had undivided time where we would all meet in agreement and listen mm. to stories about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so if, you know, that's kind of like how church Sunday mm -hmm. church is. Yeah. So, like, find a cool church, like, go check it out, like, be open-hearted, open-minded, and, like, um, just put yourself in that place and and open your heart to God. Mm. And I'm convinced if you do that enough, I'm, like, I'm, like, overthinking what I'm saying right now, but, like, just seek Jesus. Mm -hmm. Just seek Jesus and see what happens. Mm. Open up the Bible read stories about this man god loves you and he will show you he's he's looking for every opportunity to show you how much he loves you mm. so that doesn't even have to be at church when you're at home when you're at school when you're at the club it doesn't matter where you are god is looking for opportunities moments to catch your attention mm. to show you that he loves you so keep your eyes peeled mm. That's good. Yeah. I feel that. Well, I appreciate you coming on and just kind of discussing your life and everything. Love you, bro. Love you too. Super stoked for uh, what's to come in your life, man. Thank you. Um, so for all of you happens. listening, uh, if you do, um, you know, want to reach out to Chance, I'm sure he would be um, interested in, you know, giving you some insight and just encouraging you uh, in your faith or just answering any questions. Uh, and I will uh, echo that as well. Same with me. Uh, if you're interested in, you know, taking this Jesus thing more seriously, uh, reach out to us. We'd love to um, give you some resources and just encourage you to uh, take it seriously. It's probably yeah. going to be the best decision uh, of your life. So uh, chances, Instagram is chance dot Marino, right? Moreno. Moreno. <laughs> uh, chance dot marino on instagram you shoot him a dm if you have any questions and then uh j underscore r-a-w-b if you have any questions all right yeah uh we appreciate you so much for listening this has been meet the robs podcast thank you everyone so much for listening to this podcast if you liked it go ahead and share it with a friend if you think they like it too and as always follow us on instagram at oh hayden and j underscore rob to get information as to when the next podcast will drop we'll see you next time <laughs>